3: This is the Tom Hartman Program.
4: Alex Lawson will be with us for taking your questions about Medicare. On the line with us right now is Dr. Scott Barber. He is a board-certified orthopedic surgeon, a fellow of the American Academy of Orthopedic Surgery, and advisor to the Job Creators Network Foundation's Healthcare For You Plan, their website jobcreatorsnetwork.com. Twitter handle is Job Creators USA. Dr. Barber, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me on, I appreciate it. My pleasure. So you guys are pitching this new, uh, quote, personalized healthcare, end quote, frame. And what I don't understand is, why do you hang so tenaciously to the idea that we should be paying for-profit corporations and the billionaires who own them money to insert themselves, essentially as bankers, into the middle of our healthcare decisions. You've got Dollar Bill McGuire, the former CEO of United Healthcare, the largest of the health insurance companies, took $1.6 billion in compensation, every penny of it, by saying to somebody, no, you can't have that operation, or no, we're not going to pay for that uh, treatment because you have a pre-existing condition or whatever. The guy who followed him, Stephen J. Hemsley, took something close to a billion dollars out of that company. They've got a new CEO I mean you've got over hundred people there who are making over a million dollars a year. Why in God's name do we have to be passing all of our health care money or so much you know about twenty percent of our health care money to these to these corrupt for-profit health insurance companies so that they can run the so-called personalized health care? Well, I think you're
2: conflating our program with something that we completely oppose. I mean, you and I are on the same page. I'm absolutely opposed to what we call big medicine which are these conglomerates of insurance companies and hospital systems that are gouging the american people
4: your program is supporting for-profit health insurance companies
2: our system was based on inputs from job creators from doctors wait wait a minute job creators you're talking billionaires no i'm talking people who are small business owners like myself i'm not a billionaire i have about 100 employees i run an orthopedic practice and health care
4: is one of my most okay, well, historically when we've talked to people from the job creators network their main pitch has been that billionaires people like you know bill gates and and zuckerberg you know that they're job creators that's why we should love them so no, but, but in any case it, i interrupted you finish it. your riff.
2: yeah what we're talking about here is small business owners who actually are forced to provide health care for patients and for their employees and what we want to do is get employers out of the healthcare care industry and we want to make doctors and patients put back in control of their own health care decisions. What we want to do is get bureaucrats, whether they're from an insurance company or from the government, out of the decision-making process. And we came up with a system based on research involving over 25,000 patients, including Republicans, Democrats, and independents, that told us what we want. We talked to doctors about what actually will work, people who actually have to deliver this healthcare on a day-to-day basis, and small business owners of which have dropped their healthcare because it's gotten so expensive over the last decade. So our system is primarily based on reestablishing the doctor-patient relationship and getting rid of some of these perverse incentives that currently exist under the current system. Over the last decade, we've had about 53% of doctors become employed now. And so rather than a doctor's fidelity being to the patient that they're treating, it's to the hospital system that employs them. The hospital system puts on perverse incentives, like if a doctor discharges a patient and readmits them within 30 days, the physician is dinged and their reimbursement goes down. And so you're creating this barrier between doctors and patients that didn't used to exist. What we want to do is reestablish that relationship. And part of that is going to be accomplished by restoring price transparency, which allows patients to pay for only the health care that they use, Under the current system, we want to get rid of the essential health benefit, which is a one-size-fits-all health care system that doesn't give patients any choices. The combination of increasing choice, expanding the ability for direct medical care, and price transparency will...
4: This is sounding like a word cloud to me. Who pays the bills? The patients pay the bill. Okay, so I'm supposed to now pay for my own health care. What happens if I get cancer and I can't afford to pay for it?
2: that's what insurance is for and that's what we need to do so insurance insurance pays the bill so we're back to for-profit insurance companies hey listen if you're talking about a system where somebody's going to pay the bill that's not the patient you're mistaken right now under the system that we've currently had over the last decade the government has become more and more intrusive
4: and family intrusive it's intrusive if i buy obamacare and they pay my bills what's that here's my question dr barber there's this group of the 34 largest countries economically, the the 34 largest countries in the world is called the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, the OECD countries. We are the largest of the OECD countries. The smallest is Costa Rica. Of those 34 countries, Thirty-three of them provide universal health care. They do it in different ways. In Switzerland, for example, it's not a, a single payer program, it's it's a whole bunch of small companies, but they all are required by law to be nonprofit, and their CEOs can't make more than what would be the equivalent of maybe a quarter million dollars a year here in the United States. That's the closest to a privatized system among the OECD countries. Has any country, to the best of your knowledge, anywhere in the world, put into place your system with success?
2: Well, this country has put it into, into practice with success better than anybody else. But the problems that we have in this country are due to too much government intrusion. Now, some of these countries that you're talking about, these industrialized nations with these fantastic health cares like the United Kingdom, where they have 4 million people waiting greater than 18 weeks for care, you got 250,000 of them waiting more than six months heck, we just saw Mick Jagger come to the United States to get his heart surgery. In Canada, you got 60,000 people leaving a year. You know, I, you.
4: we can play medicine by anecdote all day long. I mean, I can cite how many people are you got know, 40,000 Americans dying every year because of lack of access to healthcare, because of this program that you're saying you're building on and is a wonderful program. That's uh, you know, that's not that's happening in the United Kingdom. True. That's not that's happening in Canada. True. It's true according to Harvard guess, University. That
2: is, that is, Listen, are you going to believe your lion eyes or your statistics? People are leaving Canada at the rate of 60,000 a year because they can't get that care in their own country. I don't believe it. You're not seeing that kind of. I do, the I do not believe well, it. I do not believe it.
4: Well, listen. I lived in Vermont and I lived in Michigan. In both cases, I I lived within two hours in the real world. Well, in the real world. I grew up in Michigan. I lived there until I was 27 years old. I ran two different businesses in Michigan. We lived in Vermont for a decade. In both cases, we were less than two hours from the Canadian border. I never, ever in my life saw a Canadian come to either one of those states looking for anything other than a meal. On the other hand... When I lived in Montpelier, Vermont, every Saturday in downtown Montpelier, and I could see it from my living room window, buses would pull up and people would get on those buses to go to Canada to buy their pharmaceuticals, to get health care. We've got Americans right now leaving for Mexico to get dental care because dental care is insanely expensive in the United States because it's highly privatized like you're suggesting you've got Americans going to Thailand for orthopedic surgery again because you guys in the orthopedic industry have turned this into a real cash cow and most orthopedists are now you know multi-millionaires I mean I don't get how this works it's every other country in the world has figured out how to provide health and health care to everybody without some bankster in the middle becoming a billionaire except the united states and it sounds to me like you want to keep the banksters in the program listen that's just actually not true basically everything
2: you just said is factually not true i've been practicing health care for 30 years and i've seen it from the inside i know what total government-run health care looks like it looks like the veterans administration where the only thing you can get is medicine and nobody gets any care the government bureaucracy is so strong there, it denies care.
4: Veterans, to the, vet, now, the, the VA to the and TRICARE the are the most cases, highly rated health care systems in the country.
2: In the entire state of Georgia, the insurance companies will prevent me from delivering basic care. I have to do a peer-to-peer review just to give a sh- injection into the shoulder. This is ridiculous. It's rationing. The idea that a government-run health care system is effective is a joke. Our own current Medicare system, which only takes care of people 65 and over, already has significant premiums and deductibles, and it has gaps in coverage. And it's getting more and more... I'm expensive. on
4: Medicare, and I'm That's doing just fine. Perfect. I even I even had back surgery two years ago on Medicare. Medicare. They paid everything, every it's every single penny of it. In
2: of fact, insurance. I... Was, it's already got billions of dollars of unfunded liability, and if you have Medicare, then you know that
4: it comes. Then let's raise taxes on wealthy doctors like yourself so that we can all have Medicare. I should not personalize that. I'm sorry. My apologies.
2: Medicare as it exists is already broke. Okay. And it has significant premiums and deductibles. That's a fact. Now you're talking about extending Medicare for every single person in the country, uh, yes. And telling us that it's not going to cost anything.
4: No, I'm not <laughs> saying right now, it's not going to cost uh, anything. It's going to cost it, our our total cost. Why is it that our... We're talking about $33 trillion over the next year, which is going to double our budget. Right. right but now, if we stay with private insurance right like now, you're advocating, it'll be $39 trillion over the next decade, according to Charles Koch. Well, Charles Koch doesn't speak. To Char- us. Charles, Charles Koch's Coke. organization did an analysis, and they came up with that 33 trillion dollar number that you're selectively quoting. That yes, if you went to Medicare for all, it'll cost 33 trillion dollars over the next 10 years. It's about three trillion dollars a year. But right uh, now, we, we know, if you simply that, extend the program that we, we have right we now, has, Charles Koch's group the, said it would be 39 trillion dollars. Listen, we know that historically
2: speaking, those estimates are always very, very low, okay? So so how are you going to save money when you're skimming 20% more- off the
4: top for stockholders and CEOs?
2: You provide price transparency and you allow people to compete. That's what free markets do. Free markets always provide us with the most options at the lowest price so if i get if, if
4: i get sick i and need to be shopping around for, for the insurance company that's most c-
2: prevalent in the united states like lasik surgery and plastic surgery you see the most options
4: Right, and you pay out of pocket. So, you know, I guess we're back to your argument that gonna, people should pay, pay for their own pocket, health.
2: No matter what, if you want to pay the lease out of pocket, then you're going to take a look at our plan.
4: Okay, well, if, if you want to look at their price plan, price it's price over price. at JobCreatorsNetwork.com. The Twitter handle is JobCreatorsUSA. Dr. St- Scott Barber. Dr. Barber, thanks for dropping by today. You have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks, you too. Gene in Myerstown, Pennsylvania. Hey, Gene, thanks for watching Free Speech TV. What's up? No, I think that Dr. Barber's all wet. I disagree with him. I'm not going to call him names, but I disagree with him. Well, that's what I meant.
1: We don't have to reinvent the wheel. Every other industrialized country has done this many, many decades ago. Mm -hmm. I think Canada sort of had it figured out in the late 50s.
4: Yeah, Tommy Douglas, uh, the guy who who did who created the first sing, single-payer health care program yeah, in Canada. Yeah, he, Kiefer Sutherland's grandfather. He is a saint in Canada. He's, he's like George Washington to Canada. He's the most revered politician in their history. And he was the provincial, I don't know, governor or whatever their title is, the guy who heads the province, who put this thing into place. Like you said, back, I think it was in the 50s. i I'm, I'm not. It might've been the 60s, but yeah.
1: Well, Bernie is saying, yes, we're gonna raise taxes Warren says, well, she's sort of uh, dodging
4: it. Well, but she again, said we're not we going to raise your costs.
1: Yeah, yeah. We we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can sort of figure out the average of what every other nation is paying. It's going to be a few hundred dollars out of your payroll taxes. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not going to be some crazy numbers. It's not going to be even near. It's going to, if we do it right, and if we do it like other nations, it's going to be like half because we're paying double now.
4: Yeah, yeah we are in order, to, in order to subsidize these multimillion-dollar salaries in these health insurance companies yep. and, and, frankly, the multimillion-dollar salaries in a lot of hospitals and among a lot, of, a lot of doctors, particularly in the more expensive specialties.
1: So the largest risk pool, and it's all about risk pool and insurance, is Everybody. Yeah. Everybody who you know has a job, and, and that's the largest risk pool. I'm not sure, and I want to ask you, do you think that the, the, the more moderate Democrats that are uh, promoting that uh, uh, single option uh, as part of the ACA, right. will that work? I have my doubts.
4: Well, the, my concern with uh, a public option program or Medicare for anybody who wants to pay for it Is is that uh, a you're going to end up with uh, the health insurance companies basically turning away? uh, You know they're going to offer cheaper plans and they're going to turn away people who are actually sick, um, which is going to move the the heavily uh, the more expensive people onto Medicare, which is going to break Medicare. Um, Meanwhile, health insurance companies are going to make a fortune. That will go on for ten or twenty or thirty years, and when it's all done, you know at the end of the day, you're going to have a completely broken medicare system and the health insurance companies will have won i mean I, that that's how i see that playing out i i think it's i think you you have to be all in i mean i'm you know i was all in favor of the public option back in the day but i and 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 i wouldn't be opposed to it now, but it would have to be implemented in a way that didn't allow dumping. I mean we're seeing this in education right now with charter schools. They're they're refusing to take, you know, to admit kids who have lousy scores or come from poor neighborhoods uh, because they you know they want to have, you know, good averages and things. And and so our, school, our public schools become dumping grounds. Gene, thank you for the call. Your point that, you know, the largest risk pool possible, which makes for the most efficient insurance, is everybody is spot on.
3: You're listening to Tom Hartman.
4: There's all kinds of health claims being made for CBD oil. I don't know which ones are right and which ones are wrong, but there's something going on here. A lot of people are using this stuff, and Louise and I are using it, too, and love it. CBD oil is non-intoxicating, so it's great for people who want the health benefits of cannabinoids without the the high that comes from marijuana. It's also non-toxic, and CBD has potent pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. The brand we use is New Leaf Naturals. NU Leaf Naturals, the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, contains no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp, so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. Go to newleafnaturals.com, that's NUleafnaturals.com, and save 30% off and get free shipping in the US when you use the code TOM, spelled T H O M. Go to NUleafnaturals.com. For premium cannabinoid wellness, there's really only one place, newleafnaturals.com. That's newleafnaturals.com. I just want to say this. The sales pitch by these so-called moderate Democrats and Republicans who take money from the insurance companies is that people, quote, don't want to get kicked off their existing employer-provided health insurance plans, end quote. Or words to that effect right well you know i get good insurance from my employer i'd like to be able to keep it what this misses the giant hole in this argument that is of course never pointed out in the media which is taking hundreds of millions of dollars from people who have a stake in that game or whatever because of the massive amounts of money that are being spent by the pharmaceutical industry what is never mentioned is that If you're an employee, odds are you don't have a choice of plans. You take whatever your employer gives you. And, for example, the Washington Post this week announced that they are shifting their employees to a higher deductible plan. And the employees have no say in this. And their health care expenses will go up. The simple reality is that people who oppose Medicare for All single-payer plans are really saying... I want your employer, not you, to be able to continue to decide how much you're going to have to pay for your health care and what quality of health care you're going to get. That's really what they're saying. And that's assuming that your employer even offers you health care. So, anyhow, end of rant. Jerry in St. Peter's, Missouri. Hey, Jerry, what's on your mind?
5: What I want to do is bring up the uh, Physicians for National Health Program. I am only familiar with the local chapter in Missouri, but it is national. Here in Missouri, we have over 19,000 physicians, medical students, and health professionals who believe in single-payer national health insurance. Right. So I just want to make sure that if anyone that is out there, they can go online, pnhp.com, and get a lot of information.
4: It's .org. But yes. Yeah, um, work yeah, yeah, at PNHP. Uh, in fact, I keynoted their annual conference up in Seattle back, geez, 12, 14 years ago, a long time ago. And uh, I'm a big fan of PNHP. It, and and it's, a, it's, as you said, it's an organization of physicians all over the country, tens of thousands of them who support single-payer health care. Amen. Thank you very much for the call. Paul in Woodenville, Washington. Hey, Paul, what's up?
0: Well, I want to respond to your guest, and the first thing I want to say is that the doctor is an expert in one thing, orthopedic surgery. But That doesn't make him an expert in healthcare finance. I doubt that he's really more versed in the topic than than you or I, and in fact, I would think that you or I are every bit as well versed in it than he is. He made a number, he said things to you that, like, oh, what you've just said is none of it's true, but he made a number of inaccurate statements. The first thing, let's just acknowledge one thing. He is a proponent of the fee for service proprietary model of healthcare. And that is about 18% of our healthcare market and has been for the last 50 years. And the reason it's 18% and doesn't grow any bigger is because that's all the market can bear. People can't afford to do a system like he. This is where people are basically
4: paying for their own health care. And by the way, that system is 100% of the dental industry, as far as I know, and probably 100% of the vision industry as well, and maybe even uh, hearing aids. I'm not sure about that.
0: There's nothing stopping his system from The market doesn't want to bear any more of it. And and he said, then he went on to say another couple of inaccurate things. He said, well, we're going to end up all being like the VA. You tried to tell him. In 2010, the RAND Corporation, the Independent Survey and Data Analysis uh, Corporation, rated the VA the top health care delivery system in the country for effective, effectiveness, of care, effectiveness of care and cost-effectiveness. Right. The other thing he said is, oh, and all these countries, socialist countries that you talk about, all the lines, as if we don't have waiting here. I mean, we have, there's lots of waiting here. I had a friend who tore a tendon in her ankle in March. On March first, didn't get her surgery until August thirty first. Yeah. Now I'll grant you, I'll grant you, it's that because of her insurance and the doctor she wanted to see, he didn't have an opening. And this doctor would say, because hey, she could have come to me and I would have done it the next day. Okay, but she can't afford to pay him the money. Right. The other thing is that I would point out, and what he really lost me in facts is. I went. Out to somebody who purports to be an expert says something like this: "Is that, and then Mick Jagger comes here for his health care. Well, Doctor Mick Jagger lives here in the United States. He hasn't lived in England since 1972." Oh, really? I he's didn't know in, that. No, he's lived in New York City since. He, well, first they moved to the Rolling Stones haven't lived in England forever. They first they moved to France. I don't think any of them lived there. And Mick Jagger has lived in New York City. He's got property there. He's got property in Florida and in in Texas. Uh And I'm sure he still has property in England, but he also has a a home in, in France and in Switzerland. So he, but he lives here. That's why he got his heart surgery here. Right. I don't know. You see, that just bugs me when people bring that up. It's just he lives here. Come on, man.
4: Yeah. Thank you for that, Paul. I will. Yeah. I will know in the future. I didn't know that. That's that's remarkable. Uh, thank you very much for the call. It's great to hear from you, Bob and Everett Washington. Hey, Bob. What's up?
6: Hey, Tom. This is a long time coming. I love your show, and I've listened to you for a long time. Thank you. The deal, I'm a little nervous. My my parents are both from Canada. My mm-hmm. mom has nine siblings. My dad had 11 siblings. Whoa. And most of them are still in Canada. And uh, we have a family reunion every year, and there's probably 100 Canadians there. Mm-hmm. And we've talked extensively about our political system and health care, and none of them complain about their system. Right. they say it's it's not getting any better because of the influence of the the political positions up there
4: well the harper the, government uh, uh, took a bite out of their uh, out of their medicare program the you know, stephen harper the the right-wing guy who was uh, prime minister during what the bush administration i think or uh-huh. any, a while back but yeah but they still but their program is still intact <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, he pulled something out of it I, I think he was hearing but or vision, really.
6: well, all the stuff about the waiting, is uh, it's a joke, you know? Yeah. I mean, they do have to wait on certain procedures, but no more than we do here. I just had to get an MRI. I had to wait a month for the
4: thing. Yeah, my best friend had to wait a year to get back surgery in New York City.
6: Well, so anyway, that's just, uh, I've been wanting to call you and just tell you I love you, and you're, you're a real
4: asset to our community. Well, thank you, Bob. And thanks for the kind words. It's very nice to hear. I appreciate it. Alex in Niles, Illinois. Hey, Alex, what's up?
3: I did some research on the finances of uh, seven largest insurance companies in the uh, United States, mm-hmm. like Cigna, United Healthcare, Aetna, Anthem, Humana, CVS Health, and uh, MetLife. So basically, uh, in summary, uh, the gross profit for year 2018 was uh, more than $200 billion.
4: The, the gross profits of the health insurers in one year was over 200 billion dollars, and all that money, yep. of course, was distributed to their stockholders and and their senior executives who are major stockholders, yep. Yep. And, yep. and and it all came out of your and my pocket, uh, whether it was directly or indirectly via employers. Correct? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. and that's uh, enough to cover all 30 millions of uninsured Americans and also Excellent. Excellent. insured.
4: Yeah. Excellent point, Alex.
3: And, yeah, and basically uh, their total revenue was seven more than $700 billion. That means 2,600 per person per year of every citizen of the United States, excluding Medicare participants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remarkable. So, Alex,
4: you've done your math. Uh, Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Sylvia in Orange, New Jersey. Hey, Sylvia, what's on your mind?
7: Hi, Tom. I caught the tail end of your conversation with the doctor and where he said that uh, the government runs the VA and it's a horrible system. I strongly disagree. My, I took my father to the VA in the Orange, New, uh, East Orange, New Jersey for years, and he got excellent care. Yes. And just this week, my, my sister had surgery there. She was in the Army, retired from the Army, and her health care is at the VA. It's a it's a wonderful system. She they call her. She gives her medicine. I don't know how bad it was years ago, but it was it's very good.
4: Yeah, and and it's the most highly rated health delivery system, health care delivery system, in the United States by the people who use yeah. it. And and they all have access to private health insurance. So veterans can buy health private health insurance if they want, but they choose to use you know the VA or Tricare instead. Sylvia, thank you. Uh, thank you for validating that. I appreciate the call. Yeah. Raphael in Seattle. Hey, Raphael, what's up?
8: Up here, we used to have this organization called Group Health Cooperative. Mm-hmm. Their model was they hired uh, health care providers on a salary.
4: That's, that and, is That is how Kaiser does it. Uh, that is how the, uh, cl- uh, oh, what's that clinic up in Minneapolis, well, the famous one?
8: You know why Kaiser Mayo does clinic. Kaiser Kaiser bought Group Health, and that's how they did it. <laughs> ah,
4: okay. Yeah, and, and so, the Mayo Clinic is run that way, too, and you get better care that way.
8: Well, and it, so here's the thing. This is the elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about with uh, single-payer or Medicare for All or anything like that. We, we, we tend to look at, we, we look at countries like Canada and Europe, and we go, wow, how can they do that? Well, this is the thing. They all did this 30, 40 years ago, and established a baseline for their healthcare providers decades ago. How much money they're willing to earn to be in the healthcare system, and that's their cost right. level for their healthcare.
4: You're providers. right, and it's and it's run totally out of control here. And so you exactly, know, yeah, yeah, I, I, I and, totally get. And it's,
8: it, 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 it's going to be tough. You're going to say, look, we, you know, we want to implement something like that here, but hey, you're a you're a brain surgeon. You know, you can't make five million a year. You can only make three million a year,
4: right? No, I, you know, that, that year that I lived in Germany, I lived at a place that ran a, a health facility, and one of my best friends was a doctor who was there. And I said, "You know, what do you make?" And he said, "I'm in U.S. dollars. It worked out to about 150,000 a year." And I said, "Is that average?" He said, "That's pretty much what every doctor in Germany makes, regardless of their specialty, regardless of what they do. Um, you know, it's uh-huh. it's like you know, it's, it's like being a college professor. I mean, it's a good upper middle class living, but that's it." Raphael, thank you for the call. Lisa in Montreal, Canada, you wanted to talk about. Some of the untruths that are being spread about canadian healthcare.
7: yeah but your previous caller just said about everything that i wanted to say
4: except he's, he's not canadian you speak with a unique authority do you like your system
7: oh of course i i can't complain i haven't known anything else so uh mm-hmm. because i just what i can't understand is how americans they don't inform themselves and get it and you know, get with the program. I mean, uh, we've had our, our uh, health care system here since 1964. Okay. So, I mean, and I'm 57, so it's been all my life, per se. So,
4: So, do you know I mean, a lot I, of Canadians who come to the United States to get health care because Canadian health care is so terrible?
7: No, no. That. I mean, you hear about a couple of celebrities or something like that, you know, yeah. who maybe want uh, advanced cancer treatment care or something like that, but they have a lot of money. So,
4: yeah, and we, know, may but, have, uh, we may have the world's best know, plastic I, I surgeons. I hear more
7: of Americans coming over the border to buy their uh, prescription drugs. That yes. I hear about because being in Montreal, we're close to uh, the U.S. border, so mm-hmm. just over in Plattsburgh. And that. And I know a lot of Americans come over this way to get their, uh, their medication because uh, yeah. it's much, much cheaper. Yeah, that was but, uh, that was those
4: buses that Bernie was organizing in Montpelier, you know, and, and yeah, you, they went
7: over to Vermont, yes, but yeah. a lot of uh, from New York State come over mm-hmm. to uh, uh, southern Quebec and uh, uh, Ontario yeah. to buy their meds. So yeah. uh, no, I just it's just the untruth. It's when you hear about long waiting lines and the it's 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 just both. It's just not true. It's yeah. not true. I I don't know of any person that I know that really complains and says oh my okay sure if you're going to wait for surgery you wait for surgery but it's not anything uh
4: dramatic yeah yeah you wait for you know surgery in the mean? united states if it's not essential if it is essential you get it right away and i know that yeah, that's the case in canada course, too yeah there you go lisa anyway, thanks thanks for
3: sharing yeah, your experience
7: good work i love your show i listen every day thank I you lisa you
3: anyway. thanks thanks okay. so
7: much
3: you're listening to tom hartman You know, I've been
4: advertising the X Chair on this program for years now, and people are always saying, Hey, is that chair really as comfortable as you say it is? And my answer is, You bet. In fact, I probably don't do a good enough job describing just how great this chair feels. So take my advice get one and feel it for yourself. Thanks to X Chair's 30 days, no questions asked, guarantee of complete satisfaction. You have no risk. So if you're wondering if what I say is true, try it for yourself. Once you feel the X-Chair's patented dynamic variable lumbar support, or DVL, you'll understand exactly why I love my X-Chair so much. Take advantage of X-Chair's new financing option and increase your productivity with the right model for you. The X-Basic or the X1 through X4. X-Chair can fit your body and your budget. X-Chair is on sale now for 100 bucks off. Just go to xchairtom.com, now that's XChairTHOM.com or call 1-844-4X-Chair. Go to xchairtom.com now and use the code XWheels and you'll receive a free set of the new Wheels with your chair. xchairtom.com, xchairtom.com. Congressman Mark Pocan is with us. He represents the 2nd District of Wisconsin. Pocan.house.gov is his website. He uh, can be reached on Twitter at repmarkpocan uh, but perhaps most importantly, well, all that stuff is important also, he is the co-chair, along with Pramila Jayapal, of the Progressive Caucus in the U.S. House of Representatives. Does that caucus, Congressman, include uh, senators? only bernie sanders um, yeah. because i think he continued to be a member after he left the
9: house but well, he was the co-founder um, of it wasn't he back exactly, in the day. exactly yeah. but to be fair we also haven't done a serious outreach we've got something like a hundred or hundred one members here in the house but forty percent
4: of the, the democratic caucus. that's that is amazing forty percent that's amazing yeah. So, congressman i noticed that the washington post has told it is a kind of little mini scandal insider explosion or whatever inside the Washington Post, that they have told their employees that they are switching their health care plan to one that has higher deductibles. And at the same time, we're hearing these voices uh, literally on an on an almost hourly basis now on CNN and MSNBC uh, saying, but but people don't want to have their employer health care plans taken away. They want to have some choice. And if if you're an employee, what where's the where the hell is the choice? I mean, you know, your employer says the richest man in, in, in one of the richest men in the world, maybe the richest man in the world, Jeff Bezos, says, uh, you know, you're going to have to pay more for your health care. You know, suck it up. Right. What, what, what do you think?
9: Yeah, well, and this is, I, I think, the point, you know, watching the last few presidential debates where people are... Uh, debating um, the Medicare for All not on the value that every American should have access to health care. Uh, it doesn't matter if you have a pre-existing condition or, or who you are, you should have access like you do in Canada and Europe. Instead, the debate has been uh, on the funding side of it. And what they failed to remember, and I think Bernie Sanders tried to bring up again in the last one, was uh, if you take... Uh, people's copays pays and deductibles uh, into consideration, there's considerable savings for the individual to not have an employer-offered model. That just happens to be the model that we have in the country right now. But also the model has been going to these higher and higher deductibles, including plans like the Affordable Care Act, unfortunately, because of the death by a 1,000 cuts of the Trump administration and the Republicans in Congress. So, um, you know, having a $5,000 deductible when you make $35,000 is not affordable health care. Uh, It's pretty unaffordable. And I I think, you know, that needs to be stressed more. As you're right, there's a lot of uh, pressure by the hospital association and others who are putting out these false narratives around Medicare for all.
4: Yeah, and I, I just noticed as as we're, uh, I think, November 1st starts the open enrollment period, if I recall.
9: Yep, for the for, ACA.
4: Yeah, for the ACA. It's also the open enrollment period for Medicare. And, of course, all these for-profit companies now are spending presumably hundreds of millions of dollars on television advertising trying to get us to dump, a, us being people over 65, I'm in that category, to dump their medicare and go with these privatized medicare advantage plans that at least again, some of them are even a, li- a little sneaky they're calling it medicare part c uh, which is the official name for it actually where you can kind of get screwed but uh, one of the things i saw uh, yesterday i think it was and you know, i believe it was in the washington post is that most of the obamacare plans that are still available i mean you know trump's efforts notwithstanding mm-hmm. are coming in four or five percent below last year's rates so that's a good sign
9: Yeah, and uh, the other thing on those commercials, by the way, Tom, because I've seen them, they're in mass right now, Uh, in very, very small print, probably not that most seniors are able to read. Uh, This is not affiliated with a government agency, right? So they're trying to make people think there's additional benefits you can get through Medicare, but it's not through Medicare, and yet uh, we've got that to to contend with. But I I really think on the debate around the funding uh, of Medicare, I have been... not happy to see a number of the Democratic presidential candidates essentially picking up industry and Republican talking points rather than at least being honest about look, people won't have deductibles, uh, won't have copays. I mean, that alone is a significant savings as you factor in the cost of health care. And uh, we need to, I think, have the presidential candidates, and I don't think I've heard it yet, a good explanation of what I think you and I know is out there in the model and how it works.
4: Yeah, well, you know, uh, tragically, uh, now that some of the c- campaign reporting uh, numbers are being published, we're finding that some of these folks who are arguing for, for maintaining, you know, for, for improving Obamacare, let's, let's put that in quotes, mm-hmm. are taking substantial amounts of money. From the health insurance industry now, the the health insurance industry is out there, you know, buying Democrats like there's no tomorrow, which is real unfortunate. But,
9: yeah, and you know, they, you know the the service politifact, and usually politicians like to avoid it because you know they can catch you if you say something sometimes accidentally wrong, sometimes intentionally wrong. Um, I got one of their fairly rare truths when I said we're the only industrialized country in the in the planet that doesn't have universal health care, and that was a one of their rare truths because that's the reality and yet here we are also the most powerful country in the world and there just seems to be a huge disconnect
4: yeah well and we're also the only country in the world whose supreme court has made up a doctrine that that, that spending money to own politicians is constitutionally protecting <laughs> free speech so yeah. anyhow let's pick up some phone calls here right. the lines are filling up keno in lakeland florida you're on the air with congressman pokin
10: well, thank you Tom for the opportunity for us citizens to talk. And I'm Kino with with the Moose Herders uh, under Google the Moose Herders agenda people can find. But I got a question as a 71 and, years uh, old. And if I, if I
4: could just to interrupt you for a second. I don't know that you and Congressman Pokan have ever talked before, but Congressman Kino calls our program in every couple of weeks and uh he is a Republican who is trying to recruit Republicans to run for office. Who are people of goodwill and I just wanted to toss oh. that out so you knew okay thank you um, there you go Kino. Yeah, you're on the air with Congressman good.
10: Pocan okay Congressman, I want reform in the Republican Party but that, that let that be secondary I've got an important question I'm yeah. 71 years old and it's very confusing Tom talks about these Medicare Advantage plans versus regular Medicare how, how do us old people find out Uh, Is there a video? Is there a website? Is there a book we can read? Tom, maybe you could make a video to explain to people the pluses and minuses of regular Medicare versus the advantage plans and the consequences. Somebody needs to make a video for us confused old people. And so uh, where do I go to find out and, and overcome this confusion that this government presents to us people on Medicare?
9: Yeah, Keanu, know, this is my best advice, I guess. You yeah, first of all, I'm sure that they have a good explanation on the Medicare website itself about Medicare. I don't know if they necessarily compare or contrast to these other plans, but you can always call Medicare and find out exactly, you know, what the benefit is. And uh, you know, there's always going to be people trying to make money. In various industries, and this is uh, obviously something we're seeing right now with these um, supplemental—I guess you'd call them—plans that are out there. But I'm not sure if there's some, something specific on the Medicare site itself. I would try that first, and if not, I'd just do a simple Google search because I'm sure someone has. I know on YouTube you can find out pretty much how to put together any IKEA product, which I find the most confusing. Um, <laughs> hopefully, someone has done something around this.
4: I'm looking at. The SocialSecurityWorks.org website because Alex Lawson, Alex is, yeah, yeah, uh, who comes on our program regularly comes on and rails about don't get Medicare Advantage because you are at the mercy of a you know for-profit company and and the Medicare Trust Fund is subsidizing them and they can kick you off and bloody blah or screw you in in the sneaky little ways that they do but but I'm not seeing a specific thing on their website about that uh, oh. Yeah, no, no, it's a new book, The Truth About Social Security. So, now, I, Alex would be the right person to do something like that too. You're right, Tom. Yeah, and they—they they really, I, I think Kino has identified. We—we we just have 40 seconds here to the break. I think Kino has identified a real need, and um, yeah. I, it would be nice. I mean, you know, they, this is only uh, Medicare Advantage has only existed since I think what 2005 that the Bush administration legalized uh, these private plans. Prior to that, you had to get the Medigap plan to to, mm-hmm. to to fill in the hole and uh and now they're just now it's over a quarter of all people on medicare have moved to these private plans and they don't i think they don't realize that if they get really sick uh they're going to have some problems so
9: yeah and and uh he also alex has a video operation i know so uh, maybe we should Ping him.
4: Yeah, there you go. We we can both do it. I'll send him a note today yes. when we get off the air, and no, you can you can too. Okay, Congressman Mark Pocan is with us taking your calls. Midday's with Mark here on the Tom Hartman program, and we will be back with more of your calls for him in just a moment. His website pocan.house.gov. You can tweet him at Rep Mark Pocan, and what uh, and oh, and he represents the uh, Second District of Wisconsin, and is the co-chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Bob in Chicago, you're on the air with Congressman Pocan. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Tom. Hey. Thank
9: you. Uh, Calling about Medigap, you, Tom, you've mentioned a number of times Metagap. I don't know the difference between Metagap and the uh, advantage. Can you please explain the difference between the two and how is Medigap a government program and is that something I can get like the ACA signing up for it online?
4: Congressman, you want to take that? Or you want me to do it real quick. Hey, why don't you go for a okay. we just kind yeah. of- I'm, I, you know I'm in the middle of this because I'm I'm actually on these programs. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Medicare, when Medicare was first created during the you know back back in the 60s uh, by LBJ, there were a bunch of Republicans who said people have to have skin in the game or they'll abuse the system, and therefore there has to be twenty percent of all costs have to be paid for by individuals. Um, LBJ went along with that because it was the only way to get the damn thing passed. Uh, What it did was it opened a space, there's this 20% hole in Medicare, um, that is filled by these private insurance co- policies called Medigap policies. They are heavily regulated by the government. And they and the, the one I have, for example, has no deductibles, nothing. I mean, it's just seamless. I pay absolutely nothing for anything. And it cost me, I think, 150 bucks a month or something like that. But the Medigap policies are supplemental to actual real Medicare. If you go on Medicare Advantage, which is privatized, Health insurance. You have to you have to give up Medicare, and therefore you won't need a Medigap policy because you don't have Medicare anymore. And then th- number three, in the event that our caller was confused, thinking this applies to people under sixty-five, it doesn't. You're un- if you're under sixty-five, you know you- it basically you've got Obamacare, or you're on your own. Makes- did I say it well, Congressman?
9: Yeah, I I think so. And uh, we just discussed uh, a video explaining it, if we can get um, Alex's Social Security Works or if there is an existing one, which there may be, uh, we we can help promote that. Yeah, there you go.
4: Gregory in uh, Islington, South Carolina. Quick question for Congressman Pocan. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, Mr. Pocan,
9: I was just wondering, now that we see the hands of Rudy Giuliani all over this administration, including his so-called October surprise, Are we going to get to the bottom of what happened in New York with that dirty laptop that was supposedly having all of those emails, which turned out to be nothing but duplicates? Also, I just want to say, and I'll take my answer off the air, I'm very pleased or was pleased with my uh, uh, Obamacare, and I also am now on Medicaid, which I'm more pleased with. Thank you. Thank you, Gregory. Yeah. No, Gregory, thank you. And I think many people, whether it's Medicaid, Medicare, Social Security, a lot of great programs the federal government has and and that's why we're looking at those as models. You know, Rudy Giuliani is just a hot mess, right? There's no other way to put it right now. I don't know what happened to him along the way. You know, he had some credit when he was mayor of New York for doing some things, and since then we've seen this great decline and now he is at the center of all this controversy. So as we keep having the this Depositions and eventually public hearings within the Intelligence Committee. I think more and more is going to come out about uh, Mr. Giuliani
4: and many activities around him. So, hold tight. I'm increasingly thinking of Donald Trump as a as a mob boss. Uh, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, uh, yeah. that we have a, a gang of organized crime running our country. You don't have to comment on that. It, it just it's so looking like that.
3: You're listening to Tom Hartman.
4: You know, I've been doing this show for over a decade, and and until last year I'd never endorsed a weight loss product, but I decided to change that after reading about university research into a molecule that naturally occurs in olive oil that regulates appetite. Louise convinced me there was a product worth sharing, and a year later, I have to say she was right. The key to losing weight is getting your appetite and those pesky food cravings under control. Once you do that, the rest is easy. The holidays are just around the corner, and my producer, Sean, wanted to lo- lose a few pounds ahead of what she calls the eating season. Sean is trying ridges just one capsule with breakfast and forget it. Second one at dinner for those days when you need a little extra help. Sean says when you don't feel hungry, it's easier to make better choices. It's only been a month, and Sean says she's really happy with how Ridgizone is working. The only ingredient in Ridgizone occurs naturally in the body and is completely non-stimulant, and that really appealed to both Louise and Sean. Listen, if you're looking to lose weight this season, I strongly suggest you give non-prescription Ridgizone a try. Use the promo code TOM, T-H-O-M, and get up to 65% off plus free shipping. Go to RidgeZone.com. That's R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E E.com, com. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E Promo code TOM, T-H-O-M. Ridgizone.com. David in Neckline, Wisconsin, on WRRD. You're on the air with Congressman Pocan.
5: Good morning, Tom, and good morning, uh, Congressman Pocan. Morning, um,
3: David.
5: Really quickly, I just wanted to follow up with uh, Medicare, the current Medicare uh, system that we have in place. And as you know, Tom, <clears throat> the official U.S. government Medicare handbook just came out for 2020. And there's a couple things I want to point out. So long-term care under current you know, Medicare. There's absolutely no coverage with that whatsoever. We don't have anything with dental. We don't have anything with vision. We don't have anything with hearing aids. In addition to that, and I'm gonna point from page 28, if you have skilled nursing facility care. So essentially, you pay nothing the first 20 days. You pay a coinsurance for the first 21 to 100 days. And after 100 days, it's, it's completely on you. Um, unless, and you, so unless you my, shift
4: over to Medicaid, but you have to basically bankrupt yourself to do that. Yeah,
5: cr- yeah. Correct. So, so, and in addition to all that, I also saw that the inpatient hospital co insurance you get up to 60 days of inpatient David, I don't want to get I'm
4: totally in the weeds here. What's your point? What's your question?
5: Okay. So the current Medicare that we have is essentially a boondoggle in the fact that if you do get sick, people are under the illusion that that medicare is going to cover most your costs when in actuality it's not it's going to usually fall on you at the end of the day
4: so we need to fix medicare Congressman.
9: yeah so first of all i i think david um... is trying to prove why medicare doesn't work which i think most people who are on it would strongly disagree um, it is actually one of the most popular programs he is correct there are some things that i wish were included and are included in the medicare for all bill like the dental and vision and hearing aids, and some of these other issues that he brought up. And the House Democrats, right now, uh, are passing a prescription drug bill in the next month where some of the savings from uh, what we're saving on prescription drug costs are earmarked to, right now, expand those things in Medicare for everyone, even if you don't have a Medicare for all bill. So uh, there are things that absolutely should uh, be covered in addition to the current Medicare. But to say that Medicare doesn't work is generally said by people who are trying to prove why Medicare for all isn't uh, a, a way forward, uh, which is
4: usually beneficial pretty much for the insurance companies. Yeah, or Republican trolls. Doug in Denver here on the air with Congressman Pocan.
1: Yes, Tom, I met you at a book signing in Denver
4: once. Thank you very much for all you do. Thanks again my for the call.
1: Is, my question is, did the uh, Cook brothers study that that showed that national health care or Medicare for all would be cheaper than our current system, take into effect all of the long-term savings from, like, we would be able to eliminate workman's comp. I know workman's comp is a huge expense for employers. That would go away because then everybody could just go to their doctor instead of having to decide whether it's a workman's comp claim or a medical claim. And then the other thing is I think that in, in countries that have uh, national health care, there's a there's a, an incentive for the government to try to keep people from getting sick like not having um, uranium exposure or asbestos exposure all these all these other the car crappy of food would
4: get in tremendously yeah. Thank you
9: Doug yeah. Yeah, Doug. I, you know, you bring up something that I've been saying a lot around here lately. Um, you know, I'm a journalism major. We're taught to communicate at an eighth grade level so that the greatest amount of people can understand what we're trying to say. And I do think there has been a deficiency on behalf of uh, some of the messaging around Medicare for all because there is a pretty simple way to show what the average family would save based on copays deductibles uh some of the other things that you're going to have saved because you have a medicare for all system that will be much stronger than th- this talking point that they've focus grouped and polled that says people don't want people want choice that somehow they want to keep a plan where they get to keep paying increased deductibles people don't want that they just like the idea of choice in general um but that's they're not getting the information about what the actual savings are through a medicare for all plan and we need it in a very simple way show it a, a median income family is going to save under this and you know don't, don't worry about the uh, hundreds of, of of pages of prose that i think too often we see people use instead just make it very simple to the average family where their savings are and you're going to see those savings to be extremely significant and that is going to really help Break through the misinformation put out by the insurance and hospitals and others that are funding all these ads right now.
4: And to that point, and to the caller's point, a couple of years ago, Danish Radio loaned us a studio for two weeks, and we did our show from Denmark live. And, mm-hmm. and I had on the, I believe it was the mayor of Copenhagen, um, it might have just been a high official. And Louise and I noticed when we were there that uh, half, literally half the traffic in the city is people on bicycles. They've got entire streets that have just been turned into bicycle-only streets. It's it's one of the most insanely bicycle-friendly cities in the in the in the world that I've ever experienced. And I asked him about it, and I said, you know, what was the incentive to do this? And he said, we want to have a healthy population. He said, we all pay for each other's health care because we've got Medicare for all, or their version of it. And so, you know, we felt that it would be good. You know, fewer auto, exha- less auto exhaust. I mean, that's always a good thing. It's less expensive. If that's a good thing, but think of all the exercises people are getting. Right. And And you know, it was like their healthcare system incentivized them to, to go with bicycles. I mean, this is this was years ago. This was a decade ago, as I recall. You know, this was before it was all about global warming and stuff. Anyhow, John in Carbondale, Illinois, you are on the air with Congressman Poe. all
1: right thanks to both you guys. Hey, just really quickly, I'd agree with a lot of what you said about the opioid thing. I mean, there's a lot of pain patients out here that everything just went haywire after everything. The reason I was calling, that S.H.I.E.L.D. Act that I just heard something about to protect elections, and I just heard a little snippet saying that possibly it was, uh, you go to monitor Facebook or something. Could you just tell us, so, uh, you know, what you think about that or what it does? Is it something we should worry about or is it a good thing at all? Uh, turn up the TV and get off the phone for you guys. Thanks
4: so much. Thank you, John.
9: Yeah, so Act was a Democratic bill. I don't think, it, it sounds like someone must have talked about it in a, a negative sense, and I don't know where they were coming from it. So I, I'm not quite sure where you and one other person mentioned a couple issues on it. So I'm sorry I'm at a loss on what arguments are putting out there. But it was a Democratic bill that we passed on the floor of the House. And I I don't think I could be wrong, but I don't think there was any Democratic voted against it. I, I think it was a pretty straightforward bill. So I'm not sure the exact criticisms are being put out there on it.
4: So what does that bill do?
9: Again, we're trying to address the Russian interference in certain specific cases. So, I really would like to hear, and maybe I can look it up and try next week. I'd like to know what the exact criticism they're critique. saying, because yeah. I critique, because
4: I'm at a loss on what point they're bringing up. That's the second time it's come up. Yeah, maybe it was on Fox or something. Who knows? Congressman Pocan, thanks so much for being with us today. Of course, Tom. Thank you as always. Appreciate it. You're listening to Tom Hartman. Martha in Seattle. Hey Martha, what's up?
11: This is information for everybody in the US, really. There are programs called the State Health Insurance Assistance Programs. The acronym is SHIP. Mm-hmm. And in your Medicare and You book that you got, it's in section nine, get more information. So Medicare refers people to us when they can't handle a question or
4: she you work for one of these people. programs, Martha?
11: I do. Okay. I do. And in Washington State, it's called SHIBA. That stands for Statewide Health Insurance Benefits Advisors. Mm -hmm. We're mostly volunteers, so we're staffed primarily by volunteers. But I just want to read a couple of sentences from the Medicare & You book that describe very well what we do, okay? Sure, sure. their state program. They get money from the federal government to give local health insurance counseling to people with Medicare at no cost to you. Hmm. SHIPs aren't connected to any insurance company or health plan. SHIP staff and trained volunteers work hard to help you with these Medicare questions. And then there's a list of the questions. And then you go to the back cover of your Medicare New Book, and it gives you your local SHIP number, which in Washington State, they specify it's actually called Sheba. I think it's also called Sheba in Oregon. Don't you mm. live in Oregon?
4: I do, and, yeah, I, and I, I don't know what it's called, called here.
11: Yeah. yeah, and um, so there's an 800 number which goes to the Washington State Office of the Insurance Commissioner. Mm. That's where the paid staff work, and they provide our training
4: as somebody who really knows this stuff martha and and works in the field have you heard anything on this program that i or anybody else has said that is inconsistent with what you understand to be true yes okay <laughs> but i don't want to get into it?
11: that now because it's um it, it's definitely in the weeds and it's, uh-huh. it's not okay. a criticism because it's a very complicated system yeah. and that's why we exist and that's why we have to have training just one quick example. I think you said something about if you're under sixty-five, you can't get a medigap.
4: No, uh, I said, well, yeah, you, because you're not on Medicare.
11: Well, you can be if you're if you're disabled oh, after yeah. twenty-four months, okay, right. and you can be under sixty-five. And there are actually two medigaps in Washington State oh, that will take you. So, but you know, it's different in every state, and so it, right. it's the kind of thing that's very Commonly misunderstood, sure, and it's just impossible for one person to know what's going on in every nation. I mean, sorry, in every state. Yeah, and that's why we had these local programs.
4: Remarkable. So, and this is uh, just in your Medicare and You book. You said part nine, chapter nine,
11: section nine, section nine, and it's on the back page. The back of the um, the cover has your local number. It's also on Medicare.gov. Okay,
4: great. Medicare.gov. Thank you yeah. for that. I appreciate that resource. Art in Eugene, Oregon. Hey, Art, what's on your mind today?
12: Hey, Tom, I hope you've got a guy with a blower in the background.
4: Oh, okay. I was wondering what that was. Yeah, go for it, Art.
12: Yeah, I'm one of those yard guys. Anyway, I don't know why the Democrats do not use the Medicare for all as a tax break. Example, my wife works for the county. We are through me, of course. Mm-hmm. And each year they go into negotiations, our deductible goes up, our co-pays go up, and our coverage goes down. Right. And it costs
4: $27,000. Per year, now, per family? Per year. Wow. For two. Yeah.
12: If there was more in the family, it would cost more. Right. Now times that by 1,400 people that work for this county. Now, if Bernie has $5,000, let's say, per person for Medicare.
4: Right. Which is what Canada spends, yeah.
12: Yeah. That's roughly a $16,000 difference. Yeah. And that is a tax cut to the people or pay raise for the workers, one or the other.
4: So in other words, what you're saying, Art, is that we're providing private health insurance to the employees of our government, our fire department, our police department, our our, our state, local, and county employees. And all of those people, the cost to keep those people on health insurance will go down dramatically, which means that the state and local Governments will be able to reduce their taxes on you because they won't have to their taxes, Right.
12: They can reduce their taxes, or they can hire more police, hire more people that work for the mental health institutes, all that stuff. I mean, I just lost a friend two weeks ago who was extremely depressed to suicide. Oh my! Because there wasn't any mental health facilities for him. Right. And if you give that. Just alone, sixteen thousand that we would save. Give five thousand for a pay raise. The rest goes for infrastructure. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> Back to the taxpayer, even.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to be I interesting. I mean, you know, prepared. Elizabeth Warren is kind of boxed in on this thing now, and and she's going to have to come up with a plan. And uh, it's not going to be Bernie's plan because you know uh, Bernie's plan does. No include a middle-class uh, tax increase it's a very slight tax increase and it'll actually be a lowering a reduction of total costs for most middle-class families exactly but there will be the occasional exception just like there was with obamacare and of course that's all they're going to talk about on the hard right and on the uh, you know the, the and and the democrats who are taking money from the health insurance companies but spot on art <laughs> it should be sold as a tax cut i mean that's you know it's going to save everybody money including government cindy in billings montana hey cindy what's up hi there
11: thank you for taking my call sure Um, i'm getting very discouraged but here's my question where are our progressive leaders like where where's our federalist society where's we don't have any left-wing
4: billionaires who are willing to fund those kinds of programs unfortunately uh, nor I do they fund media. I mean, Air America burned through seventeen million dollars and went out of business. Fox News burned through a billion dollars before they made profits.
11: That was my
12: other question: Where is our media? Why don't? Why aren't we seeking to influence? Our See, here's the problem: If you're really rich,
4: you're looking at the Republican Party saying, "We're going to cut your taxes." if if you're really rich and you're looking at the democratic party they're saying we're going to raise your taxes so what you see is as people get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier there are a few you know the george Soros's of the world who still hold on to their principles but most of them tend and you know, particularly you see this with these silicon valley guys you know the nouveau riche um, yeah. you know that they're suddenly they're just gung-ho for the republican party and uh, you know the zucks of the world right Cindy thanks a lot for the call. I share your frustration. But you know, I don't want the Democratic Party to go back to the late 90s where they're, you know, just overtly explicitly in bed with banksters and insurance companies and things like that. I think that we need to forge a new way. And don't forget democracy is not a spectator sport. Democracy really, I mean the whole idea of democracy is the demos, it's us, right? The people. So get out there, get active, tag, you're
3: it. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.
4: Hey, I want to tell you about a great podcast, The Election Ride Home. Someone is going to challenge Donald Trump for the White House. The Election Ride Home is a podcast dedicated to figuring out who that someone or maybe even multiple someones, will end up being. Every day at 5 p.m. Eastern, veteran journalist and this American Life contributor, Chris Higgins, catches you up on what happened on the campaign trail. Who's up? Who's down? What issues are getting traction? What do the polls say? It's a 15 to 20 minute show that keeps track of all the latest news and summarizes it so you don't have to be nervously refreshing your web browser 12 times a day. It's like TLDR as a service. So if you want to catch up on what you missed on your way home, Search your podcast app and subscribe to the Election Ride Home podcast.